cars, hot music, and the coolest celebrity interviews all in one place. This is Skidmark Show with Jeff and Ethan, the loudest show on the internet, powered by Pixel. How you doing? This is Jared Deanda, and you are listening to the Skidmark Show. This is Austin John, and you're checking out Skidmark Show. This is Alex Roy, who uh, broke the Cannonball record back in uh, 2006, and this is the Skidmark Show. Cannot be called champagne unless it's from the region of France. Otherwise, it's just sparkling wine. Right. And that actually, I think I should But you know what's funny about that whole deal is how could how could France dominate that? I mean, did they go out and trademark the name Champagne? Yes. Champagne? You can't, you can't call your stuff Champagne unless you're from France? Well, it's from a fr- certain region, the Champagne region of France. And yeah, but cha- not, Champagne is Champagne. Well, it, it's actually, it's only Champagne because it's from the Champagne region. Otherwise, okay, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to... Bubbly, sparkly Here's wine. the deal. Yeah. I'm going to say that we can no longer call beer beer. Unless it comes from okay, like you know, bur- bourbons from uh, Kentucky. Everything else is whiskey. Okay, I get that. If it's if it's not from Kentucky, it's not bourbon. You know, but you know, you know what? That's that's a whole thing right there. That's, that's little, letting the world control what you think. That's I'm going to start making bourbon right here. Okay, flat twelve bourbon. You're going to have to call the TABC. Skidmark Show bourbon. Oh, that'd be nice. Huh? Yeah, it tastes like yeah. burnt rubber. Yeah, I think that would go over really well. Yeah, and it's got like tire tracks all over the bottle. Now that would be cool. It would be way cool. Oh, and then on top it, of we it, we could put it in shell and Pennzoil containers. Yes, See? we could get some free bottling out of the deal. But we here's could. the deal: we call it bourbon, and we say bourbon made in a non-bourbon area. Right. Okay. So Texas bourbon. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Texas badass bourbon. That's right. Lube for your gut. And then everybody go, you know, you can't call it bourbon. Why? I'm gonna be like, up yours. Yeah. I'm gonna call it bourbon. Does it taste like bourbon? Yeah. Does it look like bourbon? I mean, bourbon and whiskey. It's Bourbon. And scotch are the same thing, except scotch is from the Scotland, whiskey is from everywhere else, and the bourbon's from Kentucky. See, it's that, the that, same thing. It's the same. Yeah, that's the whole... I have problems with that. When yeah. people say that stuff, like, oh, no, you can't do this because it's not from here. But when you order it, you got to order the right thing, though, because, like, if you order um, a Jack Daniels... You a Jack and Coke? You can't say a Jack Scotch and Coke because it's not scotch, though. Right. Because it's Jack Daniels whiskey. Okay. So... But see, I think we need to tear down those barriers. That's what Skidmark so? showed. Okay. I mean, think about it. We're back for season three. Season three. Episode 37, that baby, right here. Crazy. We're kicking it off 2017, baby, in style. Think about that, though. We're, We're breaking so barriers, baby. Yes, that's we what are. We're all about this year. And that's because I crashed into a couple, but they're going to rebuild them. And I. <laughs> why they don't let me drive on the show. Thanks to our friends at Shell and Penswell, because we've been able to do so many crazy things that you've seen on the show, like the Ferrari Club. We've gone to Texas Motor Speedway. We've been to. We've been to Formula. Drift, Sturgis, and SEMA twice now, and Barrett-Jackson, and all of this is because they said, here, go be yourselves, check out the car culture, the car industry, the lifestyle that these people are into, rock stars and cars, that's what we do, and then bring it back and uh, be cool about it, and we're like, we're totally cool. Jeez. The other people we need to thank is our fans. Yes. Because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be in the top five every time we launch a new episode. And we want so to thank, thank you guys. thank you guys. Thank you from us to you for doing all you do to subscribe to us and to tune in every time we launch a new podcast. So I from really From the bottom it. of my pants, thank you so much. In fact, we want to thank you that we're going to be doing more for you. Not just can you get the episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. We're going to be doing Facebook Lives, Instagramming. We're going to be tweeterings. 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 Isn't yes. that what you call it? I don't know. 
know. I, I mean, thought it was twiddle. Well, once you've tweeted, is it? Yeah, but been, it, when you, it's video, is, is it, it called is a it, twat? I don't know. Is it twiddle? Is it twiddle? Because if you Twitter, it's twiddio. If you Twitter, it's like you're you're tweeting. Right. But if you video, then wouldn't it be twiddle-o? Twiddle-o. 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 Yes. That's what we're going to be doing, ladies and, and gentlemen. We'll you're going to be able. The, the nice thing about that is you're going to be able to follow our adventures. Yes. Because life is all about the journey, and that's what we're going to take you on this year in 2017. It'll be like you're right there in bed next to me at night. Yeah. And here's. Well, <laughs> ooh, that just went to a dark right. place. Sorry. Hopefully you keep the lights on. Anyway, let's kick this off, man. We're episode 37. They want to hear who's coming up. We got Magnus Walker. This man is a Porsche madman who Urban looks like Rob outlaw, Zombie. baby. Great. We got Kenny Wayne Shepard, the guitar aficionado, who's also big into Mopar. He's a huge Mopar guy. And right. then we've got Rich Light, who's going to come in and talk about Glossit, everything you need to keep your ride looking sweet. And Dave Kinday is going to wrap up our episode today. It's going to be a great day for you. All crammed into just 30 minutes of your day, and you'll be cooler for listening to it. It's going to be a bitchin' ride. Let's start now. Here we go. Skidmark Show coming to you live from SEMA, and I just was walking through the Shell Pioneer and Performance. I like to call it experience. Yep. You can call it a booth. You can call it whatever you want, but to me, it's epic. And, um, you know, I ran into this character right next to us. Everybody knows this guy, especially in the air-cooled Porsche world. This is Magnus Walker. Are you sure you just didn't meet uh, Rob Zombie? Because you say that, I'm going to back up and tell a story. Back it up Here's a little bit. Back thing. it up. I want to back up the story so that you guys can understand why this gentleman gets always asked if he's Rob Zombie. I am out at uh, Willow Springs, and my father-in-law was a, a driving instructor for the Porsche Owners Club. And uh, I needed to go out and get my test done. Yep. And I ended up going to this this uh, class, driving school. And this gentleman next to me was in the class. And the whole time he was there, I was trying to figure out what band he was in, man. Because I'm like, this guy <laughs> has got the coolest look. He's, he's got the, the coo- beard. He's yeah. got the dress. And he's driving a Porsche. I'm like, man, it's going to come to me. You know what I mean? Right. So that's where the whole, I think the Rob Zombie thing comes from because everybody thinks that. But he's actually cooler than Rob. Well, Rob's a cool guy. You know, I'm just here for the uh, inaugural SEMA bid convention. <laughs> but it's funny, you know, I used to get the aren't you Rob Zombie quite a bit. Then I used to get the aren't you that guy from Duck Dynasty. And now finally I get, oh. aren't you that Porsche guy? Yes. Isn't that See, nice? It's, it's that's like better. full circle. I just yeah. smacked him if you, they said the Duck Dynasty thing. But Rob Zombie or the Porsche guy, yeah, yeah. I'll be yeah, okay yeah. with. But yeah. Ethan, I got to tell you something. And, and this guy here, if you see, you got to see his place. You got to go online and check it out. Okay. You're, I, you're, I, you're, where do you live? Can I come to your place? Your place is epic. I live in downtown LA. I've been there for 25 years. DTLA. That's it. 90013. You know, it's funny. I, I don't list my address, but somehow people seem to find it. They just, you know, they look for the air-cooled Porsches. They just turn up. You know, it's always uh, European tourists in a convertible Mustang that are, you know, doing the whole California tour. And apparently I'm now on the tour. So. Well, my question to you, how many 911s do you have? Now. I got a short answer. A few is the answer. <laughs> a few. <laughs> and it's as specific as he gets. Yeah, just a few. Just a few. That's how we're going to leave it. Yeah, we're going to leave it at that. You know, I'm a Porsche enthusiast. I think you know that. I do. I have a funny SEMA story I've been telling a little bit. I do love to tell this story. May I tell it here? Oh, definitely. I first came to SEMA. I'd heard about SEMA for 20 years, obviously being a Porsche guy in the Porsche circles. All my buddies came to SEMA, but I never actually had the opportunity to come to SEMA. And uh, after Urban Outlaw came out in 2012, uh, October 15th. Well, wait, back up. Tell everybody what Urban Outlaw is for all of us non-Magnus well, Walker fans. Unless you're in the Beard Fan Club, Urban Outlaw is a short documentary film. It's 32 minutes long that my uh, Canadian Beardo uh, brother, Tim- Tamir Moscovici, put together. He'd approached me about five years ago about making a short documentary. He'd been following my Porsche thread on Pelican Parts and seen a few articles in magazines about me. And Tamir is a Porsche owner and also a commercial film director. And he was looking to do something a little edgier for his reel. So he approached me about doing a short documentary that initially
initially was only going to be a five or six minute YouTube documentary. It was a passion project. And it's not a Porsche story. It's a, it's a story that's relatable in the sense of everybody has a dream and I just never gave up on my dream. So it's a story about me coming to America 30 years ago, pursuing my passion through the clothing business, accidentally falling into the film location business, and along the way, never giving up my dream of owning, racing, driving, collecting, and building Porsches. So a short documentary came out uh, called Urban Outlaw. Uh, thankfully, it was really well done. Those guys made me look good. I just rambled on and they edited it down to a real punchy 32-minute documentary that came out October 15, 2012. So that year, I actually came to SEMA, two weeks after it came out four years ago, and I snuck into SEMA on someone else's pass. I believe the guy's name was Bob Smith. Imagine that. Yeah. Sneaking Bob in Smith. on somebody else's I, pass. I know him. SEMA. Yeah, you know Bob Smith. I know Bob Smith. But that day was real memorable because it was a pivotal moment that happened literally right here at SEMA out front. I arrived at 8 o'clock, uh, flew out of Burbank at like 6, got to the convention center at 8. Didn't realize the show didn't open till 9. So I'm just hanging out, but there's all these guys coming up who'd seen the film. And it was a little bit surprising because I wasn't sure of the reach of the film. And SEMA to me wasn't really a Porsche-centric show. You know, even though it's a hot rod custom show and that's kind of what I do with Porsches, there weren't necessarily a lot of Porsches here. So I was surprised by the amount of people that had seen what I did. But that day was pivotal for two reasons. I got a phone call around this time, believe it or not, this is a true story. Guy calls me on the phone. He goes, hey, it's Robin Angela. I'm from Jay Leno's Garage. And I go, wow, interesting. He goes, Jay saw Urban Outlaw and we'd love to have you on the show. Nice. Of course, I didn't really know if he'd seen it or not. But five days later on Saturday, we're on the Jay Leno Garage show. And just to wrap this long story up, four years later, I'm here at SEMA with uh, three cars. Just debuted two videos. One where Sun Kang from Fast and Furious and I swap cars. He drives my car 277 and I drive the Faguzi. So the moral to the story I'm trying to tell here is anything is possible. It's a great moral. And what's great about SEMA, you know, being here at the 50th anniversary of the SEMA show, it's just an honor for me to be here talking with you guys and also showcasing three cars at this just global environment where ultimately it doesn't matter what you drive, whether you're a sport import tuner guy, a muscle car guy, you see I've still got my Super B tattoo or my passion Porsche. There's a place at SEMA for everybody and for me, it's just such an inspiring venue to be at, to walk around. It doesn't matter whether you're looking at tires, wheels, lug nuts, spray booths, tire mounting things, lifts, or go faster cars. SEMA essentially has it all, so I want to thank everyone at SEMA for allowing me to come back. Now, that is you on the gigantic poster over there, isn't it? There's one over well, as you come in. Well, it's Rob Zombie. It's pretty funny, <laughs> but uh, to finish it up, four years ago, I was Bob Smith. Today, I seem to have this pass, which full I, access. finally full gets access. me ever. It's like the wanker backstage pass on steroids. There That's you right. go. So now that, you know, we're not going to disclose exactly how many 911s you have, but everybody, uh, he has a few. Well, that's he the has goal. a few. That is the, that goal. Is the goal to have all of them. He wants to have all of them. But here, the, the whole thing is, is, is being a car guy like myself, I have 48 cars right now currently. You got how many? 48. That's more than a few. Yeah, I have a few. But anyway, getting back to you, because it's not about me. No, come it's on. It's about, about you. No, no, no. <laughs> the baby beard. All right, here's the, <laughs> I got the baby beard. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I thought mine. you had the well, baby beard. What is yours? That's a starter beard. I just cut mine down about two inches, too. All right, well, here's the deal. I know you have a few. We're not going to disclose how many you have, but what is your favorite of that few? Let's talk about your favorite. You have to have it's one. It's real simple. The car number 277. It's my 71911T. It's the car that I uh, was driving at the Porsche Owner Club when we met a dozen years ago. Yes. It's the car that I bought at the Pomona Swap Meet in 1999 for 7500 bucks. It's the oh. car I drove out from LA to SEMA, and it's the car that's on display right there in the main grand hall in front of the SEMA garage. Isn't that cool to hear that whole story? That's epic. What I love about that car is it's the car I'm most associated with, but what I really love about it is it's the car I'm most comfortable in. It doesn't necessarily have a ton of horsepower. By today's current standards, there's nothing whammy on that car. It's running old Weltman 
faster sway bars, so it doesn't have all the latest, greatest trick upgrades. But it's a car that, you know, my driving progressed with that car. You know, I took my aggressive street driving to the track with Porsche Rona Club 14 years The streets ago. of Willows, man. Of I mean, Willow. that was a tough course. And then for the next five, six years, I did 40, 50 track days in that car, all the way from Willow Springs to Laguna to Thunder Hill to Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Phoenix Motor Speedway, California Speedway. And I'm still driving that car. And to me, every time I get in, it's an adventure. It really is. I know I say that all the time, but no two drives are ever the same. And it's just the car I'm most comfortable in. So my 1971T, the car known as 277. That's so cool, man. Magnus Zombie, everybody, on yeah, Skid no, Mark Show. Yeah. <laughs> I like that rock and roll. Magnus Walker, where can everybody go to check you out? Let's get some shout outs to your company, your clothing brand. Let's do it all right well, now. Well, it's pretty simple. Um, I'm on Instagram, Magnus Walker. I'm on Facebook, same name, uh, MagnusWalker911.com. Right here is the uh, Go Faster sticker. Oh, I've got to have this sticker. Yeah, absolutely. It's the official get out and drive pedal to the metal. And you seem like that type of guy, the get out and drive pedal to the metal type of Definitely. guy. Definitely. This is so, cool because you don't only want to keep the sticker, you want to keep the back of it too. I know. Exactly. That's a tough one. That's what you call a keeper. Well, I'll give you two. Yeah. Okay. That way, now we can have both. Thank you very now much because now that, you know, if we have two, that'll work. Awesome. Because you need a front and back. <laughs> and we'll trade you. We'll give you two Skidmark well, show. The Skidmark And look on the back of that, powered by Penzol. Well, there you go. That. Perfect. There you go. Something about yours is, yours is kind of cooler than ours. Well, you know, you stepped it up a notch. Just same but different. You know, I incorporated the flagging because I'm proud to be from England. So, uh, well, you know what I like about an urban outlaw? How did you come up with that? You know, it's funny. We didn't. Let me tell you the story on Urban Outlaw. There was one of the very first articles about me was in the English Porsche magazine Total 911. And they'd done a feature on my cars, obviously being referred to as outlaw cars. And they just called the article Urban Outlaw because I live in an urban environment, i.e. downtown LA. And we're like, which is wow, awesome, by the way. Outlaw, that's pretty cool. And, that's way cool. You know, I don't really think too much about things. I just go with the flow. And that's kind of stuck five years later. So what's now we really know. Out? Guys, if you haven't seen the Urban Outlaw, the documentary, you need to go see it. You need to check it out. If for anything, just to check out this guy's place. I would move in there tomorrow. I'm telling you right now. Well, then can I have your shop? Uh, well, you can have my shop. I'm going to move into his shop. Well, awesome. you guys are welcome anytime. I'm talking about these two here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Never Everybody for else. all the people that are listening, all those guys. Everybody else, you got to find it first. Yeah. You got to track me down. If you can track me down, shoot me an email. You're more than welcome to come. <laughs> just follow the trail of 9-11s. Just, Magnus. Follow, just follow the oil trips. <laughs> Magnus and I, and as I say, let's stay lubricated, guys. Stay lubricated. With pins oil. Well, there you go. All right. Thank Appreciate you so much. Appreciate it, Magnus. You know, a lot of fun. If you got any beard advice, just shoot me an email, magnusporsche at gmail.com. Help us share the good word of cars and rock stars. Share our podcast with your friends, especially because it's free. And give us a great review on iTunes because you're cool like that. Thanks from Jeff and Ethan and everybody at Skidmark Show. No pressure. Kenny Wayne, Shepard, Ted Moser. No pressure whatsoever. Actually, Kenny, uh, I think you and I met, and this was a long time ago. I'm sure you don't remember, but uh, back when Blue on Black was huge, you yeah. were touring everywhere. I do radio, rock radio in Lubbock, Texas, and you came through and played there. Oh, Lubbock, man. Yeah. Well, I, I love Texas, period. It's been a long time. Yeah. But you've been there, and uh, I was there. And you know what's funny? We kind of revamped the music on our station, and we, we took everything back a little bit. Blue on Black just almost basically went back into heavy rotation. Awesome. Yeah. 
it was, that's great. It, it was a trip, man. It was all of a sudden it was just it was taking me back to that day, and I was like, man, it's good to hear this again. Yeah, it's one of those songs, man. It's like it's the kind of song that, as a musician, every musician hopes to write a song like that. I know, right? It's timeless, and uh, it's it actually has become one of those songs that is in rotation constantly at classic rock. Used to be mainstream rock was right. out there and relevant, you know, for bands like that, and now that that format is basically gone. And so, you know, for a rock artist or a blues artist or whatever to have a song that basically is still getting played on the radio in significant rotation on classic rock radio, that's a big deal. I mean, that's sort of the uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan level when you think yeah. about it. As far as blues guitarists go, that's that's pretty much you're right there with those guys. Right. There's not actually. I don't know that there's many other artists that do that kind of music that have been that have had that kind of uh, success with a with a particular song. Right. At classic rock radio. Ian Moore, I think, is one of the few. And he's he, great. Yeah, and he's a he's a friend of ours too. Yeah. Other than that, guys of your stature of that blues. I mean, there's a lot of blues mixed mm-hmm. influence. You can hear it, but that are right. just straight up blues, like what you were doing. Is, yeah. It's very hard to find and to hear you guys. You're still around. What have you been doing? Oh, dude, we've been working really hard last year. I mean, we did 220 something shows last year. We were on the road with Van Halen, did their entire tour last year. Oh, that's cool. Uh, like just a couple weeks ago, I was here. We were doing a run with ZZ Top, but we've just been doing nonstop. And uh, so my year has finally wound down. So I was able to come here to SEMA and check out the cars. Uh, I've been so busy with the music that I didn't have time to build a car to debut here. I normally, for like for many years, every year, every other year, I was unveiling a car here. But the music has been so busy, I haven't had time to slow down to build another car. So I have a couple project cars that I'm working on. But anyways, I'm going home. I'm going to Nashville next week, and we're writing. It's my last week of writing songs for a new record we're going to record in January, put the album out next year, and hit the road again. Are you still with the same band? Yeah, sort of. I have a... So my the guy who's been singing lead vocals in my band since that record Trouble Is with Blue on Black for almost 20 years now. Uh, Noah Hunt, he's still in the band. Uh, I'm singing more vocals now than I ever have as well. And then uh, on bass guitar, we have Tony Franklin. And Tony played bass in a band called The Firm with Jimmy Page and Paul Rogers the back firm. in the day. Yeah. The Firm. Yeah. And then on drums, we have Chris Layton, who was in Stevie Ray Vaughan at yeah. Double Trouble. Man. Yeah. So, so it's an all-star lineup. You've got the core of the Kenny Wayne Shepherd band, you know, yeah. and then you've got those two guys. Holy yeah. cow. And then I have another band called The Rides, because I love cars. Right. And uh, that has Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, and Nash in it. And this guy, Barry Goldberg, who's a blues legend, like a uh, keyboard player, played with uh, Bob Dylan when Bob Dylan went electric for the first time at the Newport Folk Festival. And he played in a band called The Electric Flag with Mike Bloomfield and Buddy Miles back in the day. So, And that's a blues rock band. And Chris Layton's on drums in that. And the bass player is Kevin McCormick, who plays with Jackson Brown and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And that's a blues rock band as well. We just put out our second album in May, the first week of May, uh, as a band together. And so that's been a lot of fun. And we've done tours. We're going to do some more shows with that band next year, too. Wow. I mean, you obviously have met a few friends in the biz, haven't you? Yeah. And what's cool is, like, you know, we continue to uh, do different things. You know, it's like I'm not just doing the same thing right. every time, you know. And then collaborating in a band like that with Steven Stills, it really changes things up a lot. You know, it's a, a different approach to, to the same genre of music, but it's a different approach. And there's different responsibilities in that band compared to my band, where I'm, you know, the the leader of the band. Right. Now, you um, said you all usually bring a ride to see, but you brought it for years and years. Is that how you partnered up with our buddy over here, Ted? Yeah, Ted, yeah Ted and I met when I built my first custom car. 2004, uh, we built a 60, 1969 Dodge Charger called the Extreme Lee. And it was like a modern interpretation of the General Lee, because I grew up a big fan of the Dukes of Hazard when I was a kid. Always. You're from Louisiana, right? Yeah, yeah. Shreveport, Louisiana. But I had blonde hair, you know, if you don't know what I look like. I had curly blonde hair. 
here, I always thought I was like the little Bo Duke. Yeah. So it was my dream to have a General Lee. So uh, Disco- Bo was the good looking one, by the right, way. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, Discovery had a show called uh, Rides back then. Yeah. And uh, they did a whole one hour episode of the car being built. Ted uh, did the paint and body work and then ended up actually assembling the whole vehicle, but uh, originally was signed on just to do the paint and body work. But the car just got worldwide attention. I mean, people still, they still rerun that episode and people all over the world saw the car. It was in a lot of magazines that put me on the map. And then, so that's that was the beginning of it. And then we've done several cars together since then. So you basically become almost more of a builder now than yeah. musician. Well, for me, it's like a toss up between cars and guitars yeah. as to which one I love more. You Most know? guys it is, cars and guitars. We yeah. talked to Tom Kiefer from Cinderella uh, when he got his first royalty check. And this is part of our, our highlight reel here. He went and bought a Jaguar, took the Jaguar to the airport, flew to Dallas to the Vintage Guitar Collection and spent more money on guitars than he had on that Jaguar. So. Right. Yeah, it's it's a hard it's hard to uh, to decide between the two sometimes, especially for a musician. No, I bet so. And then uh, we got Ted over here. We've had him on the show before. Ted, how are you? I'm very good, man. How are you? Good, man. I hadn't seen you in a while. Actually, I've never seen you before, so it's good to finally see you. And you're hanging out here with Kenny at SEMA the whole time? Uh, that's right. We haven't seen each other in about six months. We've both been on the road doing different projects, so we just decided to make a date and fly in. Well, that's awfully nice of you guys to get together finally. These guys are the Mopar boys. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you right now. You got to dig in deep. This guy here, this guy here, they bleed Mopar. Well, he was just telling me about the Extreme Lee. Of course, that was the first car you did, Kenny. We're I'm lining things up and putting the ball, you know, putting everything in place to hopefully have, I have a 70 uh, Cuda convertible that we're going to build and hopefully maybe we can have it here next year and get it done. How many cars have you guys done together now total? Three or four, I think, you know. Well, that's hard to say. Every time he buys one, he wants to do something different. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think we're on seven, eight or nine, whether it was graphics or wheels well, or, oh, well, or that's what it true. would be. That's a, yes. I was thinking classic cars. Yes. We have done a number of things to it. He, he's including the newer vehicles, which, ah. you know, I had an SRT Challenger and we totally, we put wheels and tires and painted and put stripes and all that kind of stuff. And then I had an SRT Charger and we put a body kit, painted it, put a supercharger on. So he's right. We've done a lot of cars together. Okay. Now, are you living in Nashville? Or? No, no, no. I'm going to visit Nashville. I actually, I'm from- You're recording in Nashville, from, writing. Yeah, I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, but uh, I live in California, Los Angeles. Okay. Ann. I was wondering if you were buying cars in Nashville and shipping them out to no, town no, Cali. That, no. that would be a little bit over the top, you know, over the budget line, I think. Yeah. No, his shop's in Northridge and I live probably, I don't know, about 25 minutes away from there. Oh, okay. You're hopping a skip away. Yeah. That's not too bad. Ted, you ever sit in and uh, write some music with Kenny? You sing on some background? No, not yet. Play the drums, but we haven't done that yet either. Get him a little tequila and anything's possible. I'm thinking we should make this happen and we'll do a Skid March original. We'll bring our equipment out there. We'll get you on the drums, you on guitar. I can sing. Don't let Jeff sing. Do not let him sing. (laughs) He thinks he can. And we'll just make up some stuff right there. How's that? Yeah, sounds good, man. You down? All right. um, So what are you guys thinking maybe you'll pull up next? You got one in the works right now that you're working on. Well, yeah, I got a 70 Cuda convertible, so it's just been sitting there for a few years because we've just been too busy to do anything to it. And I got a 74 Dodge Ram Charger because I feel like the trucks are really coming alive right now. And and a lot of trucks, you know, especially like those Dodge Ram Chargers, man, they made them from like 74 to like the early 90s. And so there's like a lot of them out there and the parts are cheap. Yeah. And you can buy them cheap and you can work on them. And so, you know, for guys that can't afford to get started on an entry level price of like a Camaro or a Mustang, or a charger or whatever. It's like, go get a Ram Charger truck, man, and the top comes off. Yeah. And it's a convertible truck and, you know, four by four, it's like killer. So I think that's kind of, you know, the next way for the enthusiast that wants to get in on the bottom floor, you know, and something they can afford and have fun with. I was thinking about that the other day because I was driving down the road and I saw, I actually, I bought one from Jeff, a 96 Ford Bronco. That style and those like Chevy Blazers, those are coming back. And I was looking at some more 70 
these models and I saw a Dodge Ram. Right. And I was like, man, you don't see those anymore with the actual Ram on the front, right. the, the hood ornament. Yeah. You, you see very few of them. And when you see them, you go, man, that's actually kind of rare in some places. But you think about it, there's actually tons of them out there. You just got to look. Well, yeah, a lot of them aren't on the road, though, because they guys used them really hard. And they had, some of them had some real rust problems. Yeah. So, you know, and they're cheap. And so, you know, because they're cheap, a lot of guys will just let them sit and won't do anything with them because it's not worth the hassle of trying to sell it as well. Yeah. Because, you know, but if you want to get your hands dirty and enjoy, you know, the hobby and not have to spend a buttload of money, man, that's that's like the open door to walk through right there. Yeah, it is. All right, dream car for you, Kenny. If you could have anything have you if that you already haven't had. Well, you know, for the longest time, it was I wanted a uh, Barracuda convertible and uh, or an e-body convertible, period. But well, so you got that. Well, I have it, but it's not done. No, so but the you dream, have it. Yeah, but the dream hasn't been fulfilled. I haven't realized it yet because I haven't been able to drive it. It's just like sitting there. There's no motor in it or anything. So I'm still waiting for that to come to pass. But Ted. I do know <laughs> that something, you know, the Hellcat is like pretty incredible. And I had yeah. one for a couple weeks and I almost got one, but I didn't. But I've been hearing rumors, you know, that they may be about to step up their game. I mean, who knows? Uh, rumors are really hard to, to, it's hard to decipher in the automotive world what's real and what's not. But if they could, if, if there's anything that they are going to do to be able to take that car to the next level, man, I mean, beyond 707 horsepower and what it already is. Well, Hennessy already yeah. did it. It's right there. Well, I know. That's so. true. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, from the factory with the factory from warranty. From the factory, yeah. You know it's going mean? to be a minute. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking the time with us, guys. I know you guys have probably got a bunch to do. See, was in a gigantic place, but we really appreciate you joining us on yeah. Skid Mark Show. Thank you. Thank you, man. See you soon. Every time you get a friend to subscribe to Skidmark Show, we save a kitten and give it to a kittenless person. Save the kittens. Subscribe to Skidmark Show on iTunes. Dave Kindig is joining me on the show right now. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Uh, Fantastic. Re- rehydrated, ready for tonight. How is Kindig going? Man, it's busier than a one-legged cat in the cat box down there. Um, I'm telling you, we've got so many cars. We build on the average 20 to 25 at a time. Busy with uh, finishing up a couple things for uh, Season 3, and uh, which we've already been seeing. And Season 4, we're well into the builds. Oh, so you already started the builds for Season 4. Oh, absolutely. How far ahead do you guys usually do? I mean, obviously, TV kind of puts everything on a weird schedule. It's not a real schedule by any means. So uh, you've got season four, you're into the builds for that, so you're filming for that. Season three's on right now. So do you have to hold on to these cars until the episodes go or are you dumping them when you when you can? No, you know, actually it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool with the uh, uh, Velocity Channel has given us the opportunity to build pretty much all year long. We're recording multiple seasons at the same time. You know, we'll be finishing up uh, three, we're already starting four because you know, realistically these cars take nine to twelve months to build the high-end kind of cars that we do. Right. So it's pretty cool. So it's it's kind of funny. Somebody was saying the other day, now, how come I seen that blazer today? But I was watching the other episode, and it was like in the background, and nothing had been in the same place. It's like we shoot all of the cars at the same time. It's just when they edit it, we're talking about one car. So you'll see stuff that you've already seen revealed and finished on an episode a couple of weeks ago. And there's the car in primer in the background. It's like, well, wait a second. Did, yeah. they, did they ruin it? They got to start all over? People don't realize, <laughs> if you watch these shows actually with a really close eye, you can pick up on little cues. Like there was one I was watching. They were building a, a 57 Chevy. And they go, oh, we just got everything back from paint. Let's put the hood back on. And there was a layer of dust on the hood. You could see fingerprints in it. I'm like, just got it from paint, huh? Uh, that's called a pickup scene. Yeah, exactly. Got to pick up a scene. We got to put these words right here for a second and uh, move on. So yeah, Or the happens. world's worst paint job because it's already covered in dust. Man, are you guys going to cut and polish this? There's a lot of dirt. Actually, it's all dirt. It's all dirt. <laughs> now, your whole thing is a, your business is a, is a family affair, right? Yeah, I've got my daughter, Bailey. She's 20. She works for me and has for the last four years, uh, you know, part-time during, uh, during uh, 
uh, when she was still in high school. She was the big fish in the little pond, so she left a half a year early, walked with her class. Two weeks after she turned uh, 18, she moved out. Oh, really? Yeah, big gal. You know, she just uh, she knows where she's going in life. So, See, that's the great thing about guys like you that are independent and you've, you've kind of made your own way building and stuff. You raise kids that are independent and they're ready to take off. Yeah, well, they, they had a good uh, uh, notebook, I guess, because my wife and I have been in the business, you know, 17 years owning it together. And, of course, we've been together for 26 years. And, uh, you know, we, we showed them how to work hard and, and what the rewards can be. And, and uh, you know, nobody ever gave anything to me. I had to go get it. Yeah, I've got uh, five kids. I'm hoping to show that the same thing. So I'm like, you can pay for your own damn college. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it works that way, but we're going to try. What would you bring to SEMA? Well, we got uh, quite the array. We've got a 55 Ford pickup over in the uh, kicker booth. We've got a 68 Camaro and A&M hot rod glass that we debuted at this show. Uh, we've got uh, the 52 Pontiac that was the two-hour season premiere for season three. Uh, that's over in Borla's booth. It looks beautiful over there. And uh, last but not least, we just uh, debuted a 55 Nomad in the Axel Nobel Sickens booth. So you're all Central. over the place. Absolutely. How much walking are you getting in just going from booth to booth? Because this thing is huge. <laughs> well, if I hadn't have stuck my uh, my hand and, and uh, cleaned my uh, filter out of my pool, I wouldn't have ruined my Fitbit. I have no, many, uh, no <laughs> idea how many steps. My wife had clicked over 17,000 steps the other day, so I'm pretty sure uh, you got I, an I'm, iPhone? I'm right there with her. iPhone oh, yeah. tracks it? Yeah, but I'm, I didn't bring a 13-year-old girl to run the damn thing, so here we are. <laughs> That's what you need. Dave Kidnick, thanks so much for joining us today, man. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to you. Did you miss an episode of Skidmark Show? You can listen to all of them online anytime at iTunes and SkidmarkShow.com. All right, our next guest, Rich Light from Glossett, is coming on to talk about what it takes to make your car look as good as mine. And very shiny. All right, welcome, Rich. How you guys doing? Great, man. How are you? So you are the uh, creator of Glossett? The creator, the founder, the developer of Glossett Car Care. Okay, are you a a scientist? No, not a scientist, a car crazy. You're a car crazy guy, and you came up with a formula of something that'll make them shiny. Well, I just got tired of uh, buying... 20 different products from 20 different companies to get the best result. And well, yeah, because that's a real pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass. And I've owned, I've been in the automotive industry for over 26 years, and I've on a, had a motorsport facility, detail, custom wraps, and back in 97, 98, I decided that I was tired of buying inferior products and said, there's got to be a better way. Right. And so I spent 10 years, a lot of money, a lot of testing to come up with Glossa today. And uh, right now we're, I believe, in 46 countries. You know, I was at a shop the other day and, and at first I thought he was actually showing me the innovation of his he's got a buffer that's there okay and instead he wanted me to do, do some work you well, was, yeah, head? no 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 he had me buff a Range Rover but what I'm talking about is ah uh, yes free labor here's the thing that guys that most people and I know this firsthand I will skip having a car buffed especially if it's a black car if I do not trust the guy behind the wheel and what I mean by that is a buffing wheel the buffing and wheel. what he has done is he hasn't created a buffer that you can, I can hand it to you. Really? And you couldn't burn the paint on my car. Well, that's now that's thing. incredible. Well, uh, speaking of burning the paint, I mean, like those old infomercials where you you light the hood on fire and buff it out. Well, oh, that's a good idea. We See? had a contract, Jeff, to do a Billy Mays approach to gloss it. Right. But uh, we couldn't come to an agreement on how many free bottles of gloss it he wanted. <laughs> three and a half. At least three and a half. <laughs> right? No, man, but I'm telling you, he, seriously, when you get back to detail in a car, one of the, the, the crucial things that a lot of people miss, and even the professional detail 
detailers. I can't tell you, honestly, oh, yeah. all the years I've had cars detailed, I've had a few cars that come back from the detailer burned through the paint. Oh, I thought you were going to say they missed the cracks, and I was no, like, I no, always no, buff no. my cracks. No, no, no. They burn through the paint. This is a common problem. Okay. And Rich has got a system in place and a tool that will prevent this. Now and you, that's huge to me. You're telling me they burn through the paint because they leave the buffer in one place too long? They let it get no. too... You know, here's the deal. Go ahead and break it down. You're, you're so, more the so scientist. Yeah, explain. Person. So here's what happens. In, in the industry, the polisher that's been used is a grinder or a sander of sort, right? For right. 30 years. It's abrasive. It's right. abrasive. Oh. So what happens is that forced induction, it spins in one high-speed velocity direction, builds a lot of heat. Okay. And when you put a lot of heat to something on the surface, what's going to happen? going to burn. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So we created a dual-action polisher, uh, which has two movements to it, a counter-rotation and a spinning action. Okay. That long-stroke orbit is safe where you can actually put your body weight into the machine, and it will never burn the paint because it doesn't build the heat like a forced rotary polisher does. So an end user, right, oh, yeah. can pick this up. Now, I have tutorial videos on gloss-it.com where I teach step-by-step. Step. Now, this is the coolest part. I made a plug-and-play. I took the polishes and I numbered them like, think of liquid sandpaper. Right. The lower the number, the more aggressive. The higher the number, the less aggressive. Right. So you pick one cut and you pick one finish. Now, the color of the polish matches the pad. Oh. So you don't have to sit there and figure out what combination do I need to use to get these imperfections, these swirl marks, or hard water spots out. I can go right to, okay, this is the most aggressive, this is the least aggressive. I match it up. I put the pad to the 16th backing plate, and uh, I go to work. It's See, that's cool because, you know, for somebody in a shop that has different employees, they don't take the time to learn everything correctly. Yeah. So if you color key or number things, it, makes it, it seems easy to be, for idiots. It's, yes, and it helps out a lot because you get busy, you, you go into a shop. I, I've been there before where Jan. I'm going to get a car ready for an auction like Barrett Jackson. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is polish that car and wax it because you want it to come here and just be shining. Yeah. You want it steaming, willy beaming. When it hits that stage, you want everything to pop. Right. So you're, you're jamming. And you might, gra I've seen people grab a bottle of the wrong stuff and they're, they're, they think they're grabbing polish or wax and they're grabbing rubbing compound. I've and seen some crazy stuff happen in this oh industry. Geez. Yeah. We wanted to come out with a polisher that wouldn't break the bank. Okay. And a lot of the high end polishers on the market, they're four or $500. Holy crap. I, I did didn't own a car worth that much for a while. So my target was how do I build a tool that the average person can afford? And we sell for $280. Oh, nice. So this way you won't build up too much friction when you're long stroke orbiting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you could you could, you could twist it however you want, but that, that's exactly it. So about three years ago in the industry, we've always had polymer sealants, waxes of sort, right? Now they offered protection and durability, but they did nothing to strengthen the finish. Right. Okay. So ceramic coatings is the latest and greatest technology. And we offer a product called the Evil Quartz Coating, which we're going to put on Penzilla because it doesn't just work on paint, it works on wraps and matte paint jobs. So then we can, can we get like uh, paintball guns and, and try to damage no. the... Ne negative Ghost Rider. We're <laughs> not going to do that. You don't want to test it live? <laughs> no, no, no. no. You sure? That's actually no. a really good marketing idea. I like his thinking. Tell everybody the website where they can go Let's get go. some gloss it. Get it, some gloss it. One car at a time, baby. We're glossing it right awesome here on world. Skidmark Show. What's the website? www.gloss-it.com. Um, Whoa, could you make it any harder? No. <laughs> Here's Jeff Allen and Ethan D. Powered by Pizza. 
Hey, there's some cool places around here to just like take a, a Bronco off road and go four by four. In. Yeah, it's Texas. Well, I know, the whole I mean, state is that way, isn't it? Pretty much. All you got to do is well, you could be on the highway and just make a right. I, I was thinking <laughs> of doing that and I didn't want to go to, you know, get shot because you can also do that in Texas. Well, I mean, there's a lot in hill country. I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I don't, I haven't done any mudding out here. All my mudding days were yeah. back when I was in California. Yeah. See, my mudding days are starting right now. Yeah. I got a lift on the Bronco. Don't you just need to find a dirt road that's well, got a little water on it? Yeah, but those are just, I want to do a little bit of fun, you know, trail riding, hill climbing, that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, well, then you probably need to look into like a group. You'll you know, like got a four one. by four club. I've got a Flatlander does. Jeeps club and they can do some stuff. That doesn't even sound right. Flatlander Jeeps club because yeah. it's Flatland. But they go away so, from the Flatland. <laughs> oh, okay. They just live in the Flatland. I was going to say, what do you do? <laughs> go down into Buffalo and then come out and pretend you're not on Flatland? On the weekends that we don't have anywhere else to go? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I got a lift on the Bronco. I got some wheels and tires on it and uh, I want to go. I want to play. Well, there's plenty of room out there. I mean, basically where you live, all you got to do is take a right. I'm telling you. True. Anywhere you're at, just make a right. You know what else I found out that I, I, I found this on the internet and I found it interesting. The Bronco that I have, yes, the top comes off. Yes, it does. But. I don't recommend it. You don't recommend it. I don't it. recommend it. You know why? Because of the seals. Right. Once one has been popped, it's yeah. kind of like anything else in life. Once it's been opened, yeah, it's you not never ever as fresh to... again, right? It's not, but I might I might go ahead and do it because, you, you break know, the seal, baby. I know, but once I break the seal, if it gets that bad, then I will sell it on to the next person who can enjoy it. What I'm saying, though, is if I, I look But why, through... why do you want to do that? What is, What is the upside to that when you're out mudding? Because let me tell you something. It's... I've been in a Jeep yeah. okay, where the top has been off. Yeah. You know, the new Jeeps actually have the sections. Do you get mud in your hair? No, but here's the thing I'm telling you is, is with, with the Bronco, you're you're still going to be driving, yes, right? Yes, right. So the roof is still going to be over you. Right. So you're not even going to get the benefit of the vitamin D no. that you're looking for. But the people in the back seat are. Right. And you're exposing them. Right. Right. And that's the point is that right. I'm and not then for... If you, if you go wheeling a little too rough, yeah. there's nothing to protect them. No, and I found that out even more. The reason why the instructions to take the top off are not in the Bronco instruction manual anymore is that once they started putting in shoulder strap seat belts, those are connected to the actual roof that comes off. Correct. And they're not going to have something in their instruction manual that says take away off the seatbelts because they could get sued so hard. Well, it's it's just, you know, I mean, for safety reasons. Correct. Really what you should do, if it, they recommend that you actually remove the back seat and you don't have any passengers in the back seat when you're doing that with the top removed. Well, and I might do that too, but if I take the top off, it's just going to be cruising for chicks. Just not off-road. I'm going to top on, off-road, uh-huh. top off at the lake, cruising for chicks. At the lake, cruising for chicks. Yeah, I like this. It's not the biggest lake. There probably won't even be that many chicks, but still, I can pretend. I'll be like in my own fantasy world of <laughs> cruising for chicks in my badass Bronco. Make sure you got tender on. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I will. I'll find some of the trailer park girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about this season of Skidmark Show because we're going to be hitting a lot of different events. Yeah. We're going to be doing a lot of video live like we talked about in the beginning. Racking up some frequent flyer miles. You're not kidding, buddy. So it's going to be action-packed. I hope you guys got your boarding pass and your passports. Yes. Find us on Facebook. Of course, Facebook.com slash Skidmark Show. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We'll be doing all the live stuff on there. And of course, our episodes will post to iTunes and SoundCloud. And, and Podbean, baby. Don't leave Podbean. out the Podbean. Well, and we post on Facebook almost every day also. You know, just putting up stuff that you'll find interesting in the world of cars and rock stars. So make our friend, be our friend on there. And then we'll separate everything and we'll bring it all together. And we'll be 
friends and we'll be like well and the other thing is guys that way you can also follow our journey and know where we're going to be because we might be in your neck of the woods yes and you're not expected and guess what i always love to give out free t-shirts oh yeah and we've got 200 skid marks t-shirts just waiting for our next event to throw out to the crowd oh yeah i'm like the kool-aid man over but anyway here. let's get on to episode 38 yeah it's up next and we've got some exciting guests on that so let's give a little sneak peek as we head on out we will have the diesel brothers actually the entire diesel brothers crew is going to be on the show with us and we talk about Redbeard's grandma. Okay. I'll just leave that at there. there I would. Okay. And then we got Tom Cotter from uh, Barn Fine Hunters. Which yes. Is, that's a kind of interesting show. And to wrap up the show, Slick and Rhino, the airbrush painter extraordinaire, they both join us at the same time and we have ourselves a little fiesta. It's amazing what Rhino can do with an airbrush, isn't it? I know. He, he was going to teach me, but I'm unteachable. I asked him to actually airbrush your makeup. I thought that would be an interesting thing to do live. Do we have the budget to bring him with us for when we go live places? Because I don't mm. think we do. No, we don't. But okay. it would be fun to have him airbrush your face. It would be great to have him airbrush my face. Yes. But until then, I'll just do my own makeup. And we will talk to you on the next episode of Skidmark Show. Guys, thanks a lot for listening. Catch us on iTunes, baby. Here Sound we go. SoundCloud and Podbean, and we will see you next time. Love you. Like what you heard today? We've got a warehouse of back episodes for you to check out. You can listen online anytime at iTunes and SkidmarkShow.com. Powered by Pinsoil.